chapter 27. Fontaine rolled to a stop beside Springfield's Jeep and flipped off his headlights. The bright light cast from the building's open front door fell over the sweat-soaked and headless carcass of Patrick Greer. He was lying chest down in the gravel. It was Patrick Greer for certain. No one else in town was that perfect eggplant shape, and his filthy t-shirt made it case closed. Only one deputy would be dumb enough to shoot the poor idiot. Fucking Ellis, Fontaine grumbled, opening his door and climbing out. Scott looked out his window at the gruesome scene with indifference. It was mild compared to what he'd witnessed the night before. Fontaine pulled out his gun and crept low along the gravel. He stepped over Greer and spat, peeking through the open front door. Ellis was in there kicking shit around and knocking over shelving, searching for something. The place was a mess. There were magazines everywhere and odd-shaped dildos rolling around on the floor. Fontaine pulled the door open. It gave a light squeak and Ellis turned, suddenly drawing his gun and pointing it right at Fontaine. Fontaine pointed his own gun back at him. Put it down, Ellis, he said coldly. You don't get to point a gun at me. Fuck you, Ellis said, holding his aim. Right, Fontaine replied, cocking his gun. Don't make me shoot you, idiot. Put your gun down. We're on the same side, for God's sake. No, we ain't, Ellis said. But I'll save that lecture for later. Ellis lowered his gun and spat on the floor. Please do, Fontaine said, bolstering his weapon and stepping inside. What'd you find? Where is the sheriff? I don't know, Ellis grunted, turning to the door. All I found is this locked door. I've been looking for keys, but I can't find them anywhere. What kind of keys do you need? Fontaine asked, picking up a magazine and leafing through it in disgust. Oh man, he said. Get a load of this. He held the centerfold upright for Ellis to see. It was the close-up image of a turd sliding directly between a pair of red, glossed lips. Now that's a shit-eating grin if I've ever seen one. What the hell is this place? It's apparently a jerk joint, Ellis said, wiggling a padlock. Fontaine looked up and inspected the doorframe from across the room. How many padlocks does that thing got on it? He asked. Three, Ellis replied, kicking the door uselessly. Isn't there any other way in? Fontaine asked. Did you try around back? Yes, I did. Ellis said impatiently. There's a window busted out back there with some boards thrown down to climb up into it. I'd say that's likely how the sheriff in Springfield got in. Why didn't you go in that way? Fontaine asked, a little confused. Ellis stared at him a moment and shook his head. Only a fucking dumbass climbs into a dark window with no exit strategy, he said, spitting on the floor. Dubois is just that kind of dumbass, and Springfield doesn't think much when it comes to chasing down that shitty excuse for a woman. Fontaine nodded, dropping his eyes to the floor. 
Then a thought occurred to him, and he pulled off his hat and stepped back out the front door without a word. He ran to his squad car and jerked open his door, climbing in on his knees and fishing through Scott's things lying in the passenger's seat. What's going on? Scott asked. I need those keys, Fontaine said. He tossed aside Scott's wallet and snatched up the small keyring, stuffing it in his breast pocket and sliding back out of the car. Wait, Scott called. Fontaine stood with the driver door open, looking in through the caged back seat. Can you let me out? Scott asked, coughing. What if something happens? I don't want to be trapped back here. Fontaine looked at him a minute, tilting his head and smirking. You got no idea where you are, do you? Fontaine asked. You think you're someplace special, but you ain't. No way in piss am I letting you out. Scott dropped his head and stared at his lap. Can you at least crack a window, he asked. Fontaine put his hat back on his head and looked around. All right, I guess, he said. He rolled down the driver's side window and slammed the door closed. Then he turned and walked back to the shop. Scott watched him go back inside. Then a strange sense of worry washed over him. He sighed and spun, looking out the back window at the blackened woods. Something was moving out in the darkness. He could hear it creeping toward him from all sides.